Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host here with my co-host and business partner, Al Barista McDonald. Al, you want to fill the audience in why I'm uh, referring to you as Barista and maybe talk about Maybe uh, your retirement plans down the road. My, my second career <laughs> after leaving the financial planning uh, business. Exactly, uh, exactly. My second career is going to be a barista. Ironically, you can't see it because it's uh, audio only, but uh, I've got my freshly made latte here, all ready to go for our last podcast of the day and uh, looking forward to the closer, as we called them, coming into this. Yes, Rob is certainly the closer. So I'm really happy. One of the things when I started this podcast that I thought was really cool is the people that I get to meet. And quite frankly, I've lost how I got in touch with Rob, but I'm certainly glad we did because our last conversation was so good. We wish we had press record at that time. But anyway, he is back to talk to us. So Rob Levy is the partner at Evolve Agency Group and the founder of Brandfire Marketing, which by the way, Rob, I've heard is an insanely fun place to work. So maybe if uh, we're lucky, Rob will share that with us. So Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, Rob, let's start with that because that's a really good question. And I mean, pre-pandemic, I went into some fun places to work, especially tech startup companies. They've got the foosball and they've got anything you want. How do you create an insanely fun environment in this environment that we're in, a hybrid environment or a working remote? Is it still possible? I think that's the million dollar question right now. I think advertising is just a fun business all day, every day, trying to come up with new crazy ideas trying to push our clients into trying stuff that they maybe aren't always that comfortable doing. So it's just a fun business. You brainstorm and every business is stressful, but we've got budget constrictions, timeline constrictions, capacity issues, et cetera. So it's a bit of a work hard, play hard type of industry. And so years ago, staff used to join, we gave everybody a Nerf gun. We'd have Nerf gun fights, We got movies and videos playing all the time, big open kitchen area where people gather around. We actually had a bit of an unlimited snacks policy. And then we just, you know, start a meeting and throw a bunch of chocolate down in the middle of the table and start some drinks. We just did all kinds of stuff that was fun. And every single one of those things, you needed to be together. Now that we're not together, and again, I can't tell you if we're going to be together permanently ever again, we are struggling with figuring out how to maintain that culture. So we're hoping people are going to start coming back into the office and telling the other staff how much fun it was to be around people. I think we got to solve that before we figure out how we're going to solve culture. Yeah, I think you're right. And from what we're hearing, we were talking to a chief people officer today and and her thought was, you know, we're never going 100% back to the way we were. That does not mean 
we can't collaborate and get together and have those meetings and those meaningful moments with other people. So I would hazard a guess, Rob, that if you had a, an insanely fun culture and a fun place to work, I bet just by knowing what I know of you, you're going to maintain that and you're probably going to return to that. might look a little bit different as we all acknowledge, but if you've created that in the past, then you will definitely find ways to recreate that in the future. Put it this way, our, our business is selling ideas. So if we can't come up with an idea on how to create fun <laughs> culture virtually, then we're in trouble. Don't hold me to that, but yeah. Well, great segue because our audience are business owners, founders, CEOs, C-suite. And I think people, especially exactly what you said, people are looking for ideas. And, and, and I was really happy to get you on the show selfishly for marketing as well, because we're always trying to do the right things and come up with these creative ideas. So Al and I, if you don't mind, we want to hear a little more about your own firm. But if you don't mind, we're just going to pepper you with a couple of questions around marketing, if that's okay, Rob. Go for it. Yep. I know we've talked, Rob, uh, in the past previously about uh, you know what you do and, and your business, and it sounds like you've got a lot of of history, a lot of background in the industry. Tell us a little bit about what you see that most companies do wrong when they attack this. I think the biggest thing that people do wrong, and we use this expression all the time: don't hire a guard dog if you just want to bark yourself. Don't know if you've heard that expression or not before, but especially when we're dealing with an entrepreneur, right? An entrepreneur like the three of us took the risk. We make all the tough decisions, our necks on the line. And so it creates a bit of a belief, you know, whether it's invincibility or whether it is proof we're here, we must be pretty good at what we do. And so because marketing isn't necessarily a, you know, a doctor has to go to school to be a doctor, right? An entrepreneur doesn't say to a doctor, yeah, I don't think I should take that dosage. I think I should do this dosage. But entrepreneurs that we often come across think that they know marketing. They hire us as experts, right? And so if my company's 90 people, even at, you know, whatever it is, it's a thousand years of experience, right? And these entrepreneurs think they know it better. So we'll make a recommendation and our recommendations will be based on data right? And we'll say your target audience is on Instagram or on YouTube. And the entrepreneur will go, well, a buddy of mine is using Twitter. So I'd like to use Twitter. Why hire a guard dog if you just want to bark yourself? So if you're going to hire an expert, listen to the expert. That's the number one thing that I think people do wrong. That is a great point. I have not heard that expression before, but if you don't mind, I'm going to... I'm going to keep yeah. it in my back pocket. A dollar um, per use. I'll tell you where to send the money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. And it's not unlike our industry. We come across people who, you know, ask us for financial advice and then at times think, oh, no, I think I'm doing it better the way I'm doing it. So I can relate and I'm sure many people can. And I think as business owners, you're right. There is there is the sense that, hey, we've, we have done it already. We, we do know the answers. So the second thing that, uh, that we find that people do wrong is, and it's just a continuation, it's making emotional decisions versus database decisions. I like this color. I like this font. I've never been on Facebook, so I don't get social media, so I don't want to use social media. There's data. There's data that's out there that we have access to. And our job is to find that data, present the data to justify what we're recommending. And the data is the truth. 
right? And that's kind of the next mistake that people make is they make emotional decisions versus fact-based decisions. And you think marketing is all about creativity, but if you can have data to support the decisions, certainly media selection, certainly any insights, then the data is there, use it. Yeah. The clients that we do best with are the ones that really value the advice and are really willing to take that advice and, and execute on it. I would say, especially in Al's world, it's funny as you were telling that story and about the dog barking, it conjured up the image years ago. And you guys will appreciate this is a total tangent for our listeners, but it brought up the memory. My wife and I had Dobermans for 20 years and our, our very first Doberman, beautiful, his name was Maverick. And uh, the doorbell rings. And of course, he's guard breed. It's just pure instinct. Bark, 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 bark. And I look out and it's a guy and he's got a little thing around his neck and it says ADT security. And I open up the California shutters just to show Maverick. And he takes one look and he says, nope, you don't need this. And he walks away. So total tangent, but I really like that expression. Al and I are definitely going to be using that going forward. So Rob, we've talked about some of the things people do wrong. When are people seeking out a firm like yours? So I guess, you know, the question is, why would someone, a firm, an entrepreneur decide to work with a marketing agency in the first place? So I think it goes back to kind of that first point, uh, when you realize that you don't have enough expertise internally, and you're looking to take things to the next level, that's often when people will reach out to us or when you can't really afford to create a team internally that does everything. So we run into the same problem a lot with entrepreneurial organizations where they've hired a super senior marketing guy that's too senior to do the grunt work, or they've hired an intermediate person who's not senior enough to do the strategy work. And typically marketing is not, you don't rebuild your strategy every single year right? You may rebuild it every three to five years. And so you need that senior strategic thinking, and then you need to execute it. And so clients that are successful with us is when they've got a team of executors internally, and they're like, all right, we need some bigger thinking, we need some bigger ideas, or we need more, or we're trying to get to that next level. Although our agency doesn't work with individual entrepreneurs, you know, we tend to work with companies of a certain size. There are companies that are saying, you know what, I've been stuck at $5 million a year in sales for years. We want to get to that $20 million level. And we just haven't figured out how to create the demand for our product. We got the greatest product but we just can't get to the next level. And they decide they want to make an investment like a $20 million a year company would make. And that's when companies would come to us and say, okay, we want to put our money where our mouths are. We want to really get to that next level. It's that old adage. I mean, I know myself, Al, and our, my business partner, Joe, have had those conversations about if we're serious about growing the firm, let's not just talk about it. Let's put our money where our mouth is and invest in the things that are going to get us there. And, you yeah. know, as, as an entrepreneur, that's, that's a mindset. And we recently did that. And I don't have to go into specifics, but it's a mindset. I remember having a conversation with Al saying, I'm glad that I had a partner that was supporting me saying, hey, this is the route you got to go. Because it was scary for me. And I admit that. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't we do that sooner? So I think once you kind of get your head around that and you use the example of a, a $5 million company, revenue company going to 20 million, if you want to do that, to me, you're not going to figure that out on your own. You need that expertise outside. You've got to be willing to make that investment, which is scary at times, right? 
Yep. Marketing isn't cheap. And I think that's probably the next issue is we get people say, okay, I want to redo a website. And we're going, okay, do a proper website. It's going to cost, you know, on the low end, 10 to 20 grand if there's not any e-commerce in there. And they're like, okay, what can I get for eight? And we're like, no, the range is this. And that's just for the site. Then how are you getting traffic to the site? And how often are you changing content on your site? And how are you engaging people on your site? And how are you staying in touch with them after they visited your site? Building a website, it's not just building a website. You got to think of all of these other things around it and say, okay. And people seem to think that they can just come up with a number. I got X dollars to spend. What can I get? Versus looking at it like, all right, if I said to you, I could bring you another million dollars worth of business, how much would you pay? Would you pay me $900,000 to give you a million dollars worth of business? Would you pay me $100,000 to give you a million dollars worth of business? So budgeting is the other big uncomfortable conversation, both internally and externally. And I'm an entrepreneur. I got the same, you know, when I'm looking at HR, I'm looking at investments, I'm looking at insurance, right? My belief is we talk to an expert and say, you tell us what you think we need. You're the expert. Teach me. Rob, that's great. I can relate. And as Rob said, you know, we've been down this a little bit ourselves. And so I totally understand what you're talking about. Probably just not the same scale, but I just want to jump a little bit to a different topic. And that's just give us a little bit of background on your firm. Um, I know you've got, we, again, we talked previously, uh, tell us what's going on in your world and specifically with your company. Yeah, so uh, started at Ramfire, give or take 20 years ago, a creative marketing agency run by an ex-computer programmer with a finance degree. So a little bit of a strange background. Grew significantly for a bunch of years. We hit the list of Canada's fastest growing companies. Used to be called the Profit 500. It didn't mean that we were profitable. It was just Profit Magazine. And so 2014, 2015, and 2017, we hit that list of the 500 fastest growing companies. And then we started hitting some speed bumps. For lack of a better word, we got trumped. Donald Trump decided to make American poultry great again and significantly increased poultry import duties into the US. And so Butterball and the Ontario Turkey Farmers were two decent clients of ours and their budgets got cut significantly. And then we had a couple of other little speed bumps and the business grew for like 15 years in a row. And then all of a sudden it didn't. And so decided to look at how do I increase financial stability for myself personally as the entrepreneur, right? How do I not have to worry about the ups and downs that are obviously common that I just was lucky enough not to have to deal with. And so we went looking for a merger partner, hired a mergers and acquisitions expert. He created a list of companies we should talk to, big and small, international and local, create a list of 20 companies. Like every industry, everybody's hunting for revenue. So 16 of those 20 companies responded within an hour of getting the email. It was crazy. Met with a bunch of them, I think ended up meeting with eight or nine of them, chose three that we thought we would have a good fit. And one of them was a company in Burlington, never heard of them. They were a 40-year-old agency, did a lot of media buying, which we didn't do internally. We were much more about strategy and creative. They weren't that strong on strategy and creative. And throughout the due diligence process, 
we merged our two companies. There was not a single redundant role. Spent the last two years dealing with integration, pain and pleasure. And happy to say one plus one equals three. Like it's as simple as that. The plan was we thought we would get what we would call horizontal and vertical synergies, right? This is like 1980s MBA stuff where horizontally we're going to cross sell our services to each other. And lo and behold, my clients were going, you guys do media now. Great. We're going to give you more media. Their clients were going, great. You can do more creative. We'll do more creative. You guys do strategy. Let's do more of that. And so we had tremendous amount of organic growth. As being just a bigger company, we went after bigger opportunities and our clients gave us more work. Uh, We won more work. And then from a horizontal synergies, saved in finance, saved in HR, saved in banking, saved in insurance, saved in all of these administrative costs. And then, of course, the small little thing happened called COVID right in the middle of us merging, where we're no longer all in the office together trying to integrate cultures, trying to come up with process all in the middle of a global pandemic. And it was fantastic not having to be the only guy making the decision. And so not that having partners is always fun, but knock on wood, the merger has gone really, really well. And here I am. Definitely appreciate you sharing that. And especially for certainly a lot of people that will be listening to this. I think you're right. A merger like that, scary. You don't know exactly, obviously, if it's going to work. And especially if you're bringing in a partner, like you said, you don't necessarily know how that's going to result. So it's great to hear that that's worked out for you. And I'm sure if there's anyone out there that uh, is considering that, they might want to give you a shout and pick your brain a little bit. Yep. The video, I don't think is part of the podcast, but uh, there wasn't any gray hair a year ago. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I I can relate, Rob. My hair is mostly uh, gray now, thanks to uh, one of my business partners. I won't say it about Al, because Al's got a mic and he can rebut, but our other partner, Joe, doesn't have a mic and isn't on the podcast. We'll just just blame Joe. I'm kidding. Blame it on him. (laughs) One of of the things I like that you said, though, and it's so true, I relate to this, because if I had to make every decision solely by myself, that's a daunting task. So I do value value having business partners. And and listen, there are decisions. There's three of us where two of us have outvoted one, and that's just part of the ups and downs. But I certainly value having that. And I use my business partners as a voice of reason. You know, I come up with a crazy idea, guys, shoot this down, poke holes in it. And sometimes they do. And sometimes they say, actually, that's really good. So there's a lot of value there. But you talked about the elephant in the room, right? There's COVID, people are going through such a different time. There's no playbook for this. You know, when we were growing up, this was things of movies. This just wasn't even possible. It was a, it was a yeah. movie you went on, on date night. What I always like to talk to people is I think it's a really important for other people to hear. Someone like yourself, entrepreneur, you know, you've done this merger, you're busy, you're flying all over the place. You're dealing with all the same kinds of things we are. What do you do in your downtime to take that mental health break to make sure you're good for your family, you're good for your business? I'd say during COVID, it's been extra tough. In the summer, golf. Golf is the perfect COVID outlet. It's social, it's physical, fresh air, getting together with friends. I think that's the thing I miss most. You know, I'm used to being in a really busy, noisy, active environment versus, you know, sitting at home at my desk, always staring forward, looking at myself in a Zoom camera. And so when we were allowed to do golf simulators, that helped. But really, I would say 
the simplest little thing of getting together with a buddy, whether that's for a walk, for a drink, just to get together with another human being face-to-face and not over Zoom, that human connection, that's been very, very, very important to me. But if it wasn't COVID, travel and golf. And then sometimes you can pair those together, travel and golf. Yes. That's the uh, that's yes. the ideal. You know, Scotland. Yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> I remember walking on St. Andrews and I came back and I told a couple of buddies that I had, you know, walked on St. Andrews and uh, I got in trouble that, uh, are you kidding me? You didn't play there? I'm like, well, I'm not a golfer. So no, I didn't. So I it's didn't nice play. been knowing you. Uh, I got to go. If you've walked on St. Andrews and, played, <laughs> and I didn't yeah, play golf, podcast you, would get al- you would get along with my buddies. Yes. I'll put you in touch. <laughs> so you guys, you guys can make fun of me. But you're right, like you've, you've got to find something that allows you to get away from the stress. And my wife and I are avid walkers. We walk, we average about 15,000 steps a day. And I just find getting that time, you know, you see a neighbor, hello, how are you? know, And, and you get that human interaction, you know, people are out walking their dogs, you get to see Charlie the dog. I mean, it's just, you you need that, right? And it's just, I, I see people 100%. hiding up in their home and it's and it's just been such a terrible time. So, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you for for finding those ways to still do those things. And let's hope you set foot on uh, St. Andrews and uh, you phone me uh, up and say, well, I actually played golf. So, <laughs> so I wanted to thank you for uh, coming on the show and, and sharing your story. I really appreciate you joining us today. What's the best way for people to reach out if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Evolve? Yeah. So best to reach me at Rob L at evolve.ca whole other story on paying for a five letter url but uh yeah if anybody wants to chat uh, not about marketing they want to chat about entrepreneurship they want to chat about merger it's a bit of a study of mine from valuation to integration to all of it so happy to chat with anybody rob l at evolve.ca that's awesome thanks rob Okay, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to reach out. Give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.